We are uh, wanting to finish this series this morning of Jesus, the indescribable gift. The indescribable gift. And it's for me, it's the third Sunday where I've been sharing around what happens when we connect with Jesus and why God sent Jesus into this world for you and for me. And we've talked about a range of different things, that Jesus comes to give us life and life in the full. Uh, he comes to not just take, not to take away the joy and fun of life, but to give us life and excitement. He comes to, to give us purpose. He comes to cleanse our conscience with some things we've talked about. He comes to heal up our broken hearts. He comes to, to change us and transform us. He comes to bring us love and acceptance. And today, I want to talk about two more things that Jesus came to do as the world celebrates the Saviour born in a manger, as we sing about the Saviour born in a manger. Then here in church, I want us to remember, and th these are two of my, well, they're all my favourite things. I've, I have a habit of saying my favourite Scripture, my favourite this, and they're all that way. But two of the, my favourite things that happen when Jesus comes into your life and when He comes into my life. And what we're, I'm wanting to talk th about this morning is the presence of God, and the power of God. Jesus has made a way for the presence of God to come into your life and my life and the power of God to come into your life and to my life. You see, before Christ was born, uh, the way that anyone would interact with God was essentially in random moments through a random anointed man or woman of God, a, a prophet or a priest, or by getting to the temple and never, never close enough to God to really to hear Him in, on a personal level and have a personal relationship. But, but people would come to a temple in Jerusalem and that's where God would dwell. And when Jesus came, He came to change that, to instead of God being restricted to a building, a physical building. I'm glad that three times a year we don't have to go to Jerusalem. Come on, somebody, especially this year. It would have been really hard to get to Jerusalem in 2020. In fact, it's been hard to get anywhere this year in 2020. And I'm looking forward to a 2021 where I can fly again at some point on a regular basis. Who's with me? Who put, who put off a holiday overseas this year that you're like, when is that coming back? Come on, somebody. Look at you people. We've got a whole bunch of holiday overseas holiday makers. I love it here. So, so we don't have to go to Jerusalem three times a year to, to have our touch of a feast and festival and the connection with God. Jesus came and made a way that every one of us, every day, could have an encounter and experience the presence of God. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12 says it like this, Because of Christ and our faith in Him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. We can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. I love this. I, love, I have a goal every day. That I, would, that I would spend time with the Lord every day and as out of that time with God that I would experience what I would call the manifest presence of God. The, the experienced presence of God. Not just, not just that I know that God is omnipotent, which means He's everywhere, but that he act, and not just that God lives in my heart because I've received Him as my Savior and therefore His Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me, but, but in addition to knowing that truth, that I would experience, experience the sense of God's tangible presence. And Jesus has made a way for you and I to, to be hosts of God 
but to experience His tangible presence. Not because we're perfect, but because He was perfect. And there's some awesome things that happen when you experience the presence of God. And I would hope and pray that, that this morning as we've worshipped together here on, uh, online and in this room, as we've lifted up the name of Jesus, that you've had a taste or a sense of what the presence of God feels like. Now, you might not be aware that what that feeling was, was the presence of God. You might not have maybe that vocabulary to understand that, oh, I've heard people say, oh, I love going to church. I don't, I don't so much believe in God, but I love going because when I go, I feel I feel peaceful. Or when I go, I feel motivated. There's something that, that, that's, that makes me positive and encouraged. And I, and I go, well, that's awesome. And I, I know that's because there's some amazing people in church. But more than that, more than the amazing people, there is, a, there is the presence of God. The Bible says when we worship Him, He comes and He dwells in our midst. And so the presence of God does incredible things. The presence of God melts fear. I love this. If, if there's one thing our world needs right now and has needed all this year more than anything else, it's a fear-busting presence of the living God. Our, our world has so easily got under uh, a cloud of fear, a demonic spirit of fear that, that tries to get people to shrink back and live small little lives and restricted and limited within ourselves. I'm not talking about wisdom. I'm not talking about wisdom and making wise choices. I'm, I'm just talking about the thing that gets on us where we're all, we, we shrink back. That's fear causes us to shrink back, but the presence of God melts fear. Jesus says it like this in 1 John 4 verse 18. There is no fear in love because perfect fear, perfect love drives out fear. Thank you very much. Perfect love. I'm just going to pause on that. Perfect love drives out fear. When I think of the, the words, the, the um, presence, the presence of God, the manifest presence of God, I, in my mind, I interchange it with the love of God. The love of God is the presence of God. When someone has a sense of that overwhelming uh, sense of God being with them, His love, that's what I would describe as presence. When, so when people begin to worship for the first time or even walk into an atmosphere where there's worship and they begin, and I spoke about this last week, begin to weep and don't understand why, that's because God's pouring His love or His presence into our hearts and He's washing out pain. That's His presence. And when God's presence comes into your heart, it's a little bit like uh, water. And I've, I've got Isaac here who's a, who's a trainee doctor in the making, a scientist by, by degree. So you'll, you'll be able to verify, Isaac. But water cannot be acidic and alkaline at the same time. It's not possible. Water is going to have a pH level. It's going to be one or the other. And it's the same with fear and love. You can't have fear and love together. When God's love and presence comes, it drives out fear. So you can't have a little bit of acidity and a little bit of out. You can have His presence. So if fear is dominating my life, what I need more than anything else is to know my Father in heaven loves me, to know that He's got my back, that He's watching over me, and perfect love drives out fear. So if we're struggling with fear, if you're sitting at home struggling with fear and worry about the future, we need the love of God and the presence of God to get on us. What else does the presence of God do? It, the presence of God. This, I'm preaching about this because this is what Jesus has made possible for you and I. He's made it possible that we would experience 
God's presence every day. God's presence brings peace. It brings a supernatural peace. I remember when my mother suddenly passed away, unexpectedly getting a call. I was on the other side of the country. I was in Perth. I was preparing to preach. Uh, I didn't know why, but there was just this incredible sense of God's presence in the ensuite of the hotel room that I was praying in. That's what Danielle and I tend to do. If we travel somewhere, I'll go in the ensuite and pray, get ready for, get ready for church, get ready for preaching. And, and there's this beautiful sense of God's love and presence, both, both a spiritual internal feeling, a physical sense of His presence. And I got the the word that my mom had passed away. And, and it, was, it was like this, this presence just put a peace in my heart that carried me for days and weeks. And that's what the presence of God can do. Does, does Jesus coming mean life's not going to have problems? Not for a minute. Does Jesus coming mean that you and I aren't going to go through grief? We're not going to go through loss. We're not going to go through sadness or, or challenges or difficulties. Not for a minute. But what he does say is when he comes, he'll put peace in our hearts. Supernatural peace that's, that's, that doesn't make sense. The Bible says a peace that passes all understanding. That means it bypasses your brain. It bypasses my mind and comes straight to my heart. And suddenly in the midst of, even though there's, there's things to work out in the midst of it, God's presence comes and puts peace on you and I. Now, I know some of us are going into it. Well, for some, the, the next week of Christmas is a magnificent week of family celebration. And, and if, if you're anything like us, we had the, the first of our Christmas events yesterday and there was games and there was fun and there was laughter and, and, it, and it was a wonderful moment. And many of you, Christmas is going to be one big long week of partying and celebration and family and joy and it'll be wonderful. But others of you are gritting your teeth right now going, bring on Boxing Day. Can we get, because you're like, I'm not really looking forward to this. I'm, I've got to get through this. I don't want, there's pain in my heart because of previous experiences for family. Or there's other family members who, who, or, who may well trigger, just be triggered and, and things, you, you might have memories of Christmas where it's gone from chaos to chaos, where, where things have been said that are regretted, where, where relationships are broken down, where people struggle to literally be in the same room, where there's brokenness in families. And you're headed into this, this next week with a sense of uh, trepidation what's it going to be like and this is, a, this is the word for you that there is a supernatural peace that God has for you that although it might get a little feisty come on although it might get a little awkward although there might be some things that you're not super pumped about, that you can be a carrier of the presence of God to your family, to your friends, to your neighbours, to, to, you know, Uncle George, who you haven't seen for 10 years and he's going to get on it early. You know he is, but you're going to be the person who is going to carry the presence of God in that situation. You're going to be calm. You're going to have peace. You're going to not bite when someone throws out words and, and things that try to hook you and a response from you. You're going to have the presence of God and the peace of God. You're going to be a carrier of peace and the love of God. That's, that's the kind of people that we are. Uh, who's with me today? Who needs a little bit of that right now? Just You're getting forewarned. Come on, someone online. Put it in the chat. You'll get, you're getting clothed with peace to go into the week ahead. All right, I see some responses. The other thing the presence of God does is it releases supernatural joy. 
We've been singing it, joy to the world, this week. Is, and it's, you know, the world singing it, joy to the world. I love that. There's a little sort of new version of that. That's joy, unspeakable joy. I'll spare you from singing it too. Joy, unspeakable joy. This is what the presence of God brings into our lives. This is, this is the magnificence of Christianity, that the God who created heaven has made Himself accessible to you and I to live in our hearts, to give us unspeakable joy. Now, what we have to understand here is joy and happiness, although they might look and feel the same, they're different. Happiness comes from what's happening. Happiness comes from external circumstances. When I think, and, and Danielle and I have been doing this exercise, we talked on Table Talk this week about, about the power of reflecting on a year and remembering the good and remembering the bad, journaling the pain of the bad out, reflecting and being thankful on the good and cultivating an atmosphere of faith as we prepare for the year to come. And one, one of the things that I can remember that made me happy this year was when my football team won on a Saturday night at 10.30. I remember this. This, this has gone in my highlights this year. My football team were behind, they came back and on the siren, the guy kicked a miracle goal from the, from the pocket. And I'm texting Dan Frecker in Melbourne and I'm texting my friend who was from the other side who was at the game in Fremantle and he's just stopped texting me all of a sudden. But I remember there was a lot of happiness in my heart at that moment. And that happiness was from what was happening. It came from my circumstances. And I would like to relive that every day. When you follow my team, you've just got to take those moments when they come. But so that, that's, that's happiness. And I wish all the happiness for you. And I believe God wants us to be happy. I believe that's, that's part of His plan for us. But here's the thing. If I'm reliant on what's happening to find my emotional life and joy, then life's going to be very disappointing for me. Especially if you're a Christian who's making any sense of difference in the world. When you're, because you know, and I read this this week and I thought this is so true. If you're under attack, it means you're on track. I like that. So if you're making a difference in this world in terms of advancing the kingdom of God, you're going to have spiritual warfare. Things are going to go wrong. That's just part of the normal part of a Christian life. So I can't be reliant on my circumstances for happiness. I have to tap into joy. Joy is way higher than happiness. Joy comes from, from the inside. Joy comes from an overflow in our heart. Acts chapter 2 verse 28 says, You have made known to me the paths of life and you will fill me with joy, where? In your presence. In your presence. Where does joy come from, friends? It comes from the presence of God. Joy comes from being in, a, in a, a place, not just where Jesus lives inside of me, because once you become a Christian, He lives inside of you via His Holy Spirit. And if you today, you're watching or you're, you're here and you've never actually invited God into your life, You've never made a decision to, to say, I'm going to live your way, God. I want you to forgive me of my sins. That's 
That's the reason Jesus came. Well, the starting point for joy for you is to say, God, come into my heart. At the end of this service, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. We're going to pray that prayer. You can pray it with me online. And you can pray that prayer saying, God, forgive me of my sins. I'm receiving forgiveness and I'm receiving Jesus into my heart. And when He comes, He brings the presence of God and He brings joy. That will unlock joy. It will give you access to an inner spring of life an overflow that comes from God. But if you want it on an ongoing basis, you've got to go after it. Just because the Holy Spirit lives in you doesn't mean you enjoy His presence automatically. His presence is something that we go after. His presence, it's actually easy to find when you go after Him. I love this and it says Romans chapter 13, verse 14. Instead, clothe yourselves with the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. Don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. I, I would. I, this is a mentality that I've had for years. This scripture has helped me understand. When you get up and you put your clothes on for the day, well, I believe at the same time as getting your clothes on for the day, you should get clothed with the presence of God. I believe it's just, it should be as normal as getting up and br having breakfast and brushing our teeth and putting our clothes on for the day should be setting some time aside to spend with God so that I get clothed with His presence. I love when we come to church together. This is the greatest way to start the week together because when we worship God, the presence of God comes. Now, you may be a spiritually tuned person or you may not be a spiritually tuned person, but I'm telling you, there is something about the atmosphere of worship that will get on you, that will lift you, will change you. We prayed together on Thursday morning on our Instagram prayer, and I, I got off that absolutely buzzing because we were just to get, there was, I don't know, 40 people or something, 50 people. We're praying together. I'm hearing other people pray. And it's this idea that we're two or three gather. There I am in the midst. So if you want to know, how do I get clothed with the presence of God? The very first way, the easiest way to do it is to gather together and to worship Him to make Jesus the center. But we can do it on a daily basis by through prayer, through the Word, and you get that sense on. So, so if you're like, how am I going to, some of you are like, how am I going to get through this week? Well, make your first priority, getting clothed with the presence of Jesus Christ. If you're in a, you're, if you're in a really difficult situation, you might need to do what Daniel did three times a day because he was in a, a very toxic environment you find yourself in a toxic environment, maybe you could set your reminders on your phone three times a day. That's right. Go back and get clothed with the presence of God. Go back and just put a worship song on for a little while and let God wash over you again. Get that peace and joy bubbling up again and go back into the day. That's the presence of God. Who's, who, who wants to take the presence of Jesus into this week? Come on. That's, that's what we're called to do. Now, here, here's the next part. Not just the presence of God, Jesus has made a way for you and I to have, but He's made a way for us to have the power of God in our life. The power of God in our life. Power of God. If you want to, so what I said earlier, if you want to change presence for another word, exchange it for love, the love of God, the presence of God. If you want to change power, there's a Christian word we use called anointing. The anointing is when God comes on me, not for me, but for others. Power is when God gets on your life and my life to, to change things, to make a difference. The indescribable gift of Jesus is that He came to bring power into this world. 
Now, lots of people would love to leave sweet baby Jesus in the manger. Let's sing some sweet little songs about sweet little Jesus and how beautiful the little nativity scene was. And, and let's just remember that Jesus was a good teacher and a good man. And then let's just leave him in the manger for the rest of the year. Sing the songs, have the gifts, make up some extra bonus songs like all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth just to make it sound really cute. And then just put him in the Christmas package and leave him in the manger. What you've got to realize is that when Jesus came, he didn't come just to stay sweet, mild, little Jesus. He came as a baby because God came and he wanted Jesus to experience everything that you and I experienced. He came as one of us, but he actually came for a showdown. In fact, the moment he was born, a showdown began. A star came and the, the, the astrologers, the magi, the, the scientists in the world of Persia who served the king of Persia, a little like Daniel did, that these, these were the wisest men of the day. They were the scientists of the day who studied the stars and who studied the, the, world's, uh, the, the way that the world was. No one was like these guys. And they saw in the distance this incredible star that they had not seen before on the day that Jesus was born. And so because they saw this star, these wise men or the Magi uh, knew that this was the sign of a new king. And a new king was being born in Jerusalem, a new king in Judah. And so they, they got, and it wasn't, you know, we sing we three kings of Orient are. They, they weren't actually kings, they were Magi. And they, there wasn't three of them just because they had gold, frankincense and myrrh. We think there was three of them, but there would have been a lot of them with a big caravan of camels and camels loaded with gifts, including lots of gold, lots of frankincense and lots of myrrh. And it wasn't uncommon when a new king was born in another region to send uh, teams of people in terms of to, to congratulate the family and to make gifts and provision for this incoming king. And so the Magi turn up to Jerusalem, presuming that because the new king of Jerusalem is born, he's going to be in the palace. And they turn up to King Herod and say, we've seen the sign that the new king of the Jews has been born. And so we've come to worship, we've come to offer gifts. And King Herod, who was not a godly man, was threatened by this. And he went, he didn't know where the king of the Jews was going to be born, but he talked to his, uh, his scholars and they said, oh, that, if it's talking about the Messiah, that king, he is going to be born in Bethlehem. So the king came back and said, oh, the, who you're looking for will be in Bethlehem. Go to Bethlehem. They went to Bethlehem and then they saw this magnificent star over the top of the stable where, where uh, Jesus was born and they went and they worshipped him. And in that moment, Herod made a decree for this. The showdown began. It wasn't just a sweet little manger at that, at that particular moment because he was so threatened by the, the birth of the king. He got lots of male babies in that whole area killed. And in Jesus, at the beginning of Jesus' life, the showdown began. Darkness versus heaven, good versus evil. Jesus came to take on the prince of this world called the devil and his cohort of demons. And that began from the get-go. Bible says it like this. For this purpose was the Son of God manifested 
that he might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to bring power into your and I life. The, de- the devil would like uh, church to be just a religious little moment where we, where we have sweet, mild Jesus moments and we do our one and a half hour thing or a one hour thing and we clap our hands and we do the deal and we move on and nothing of any power or note happens. But that's not what Jesus came to do. He came to turn religion upside down. He walked through the temple and he turned the tables upside down. He said, I'm not here for a religion without power. I'm here for a relationship with God that carries the power of God to transform lives. And Jesus is still overturning tables. He's still overturning things. Power, He he bought power. Turn to your neighbour and say, He came for power. It's the indescribable gift of Jesus. Those of you watching online right now in, in the chat, just say He came for power. God came for power. That's the gift of Christ. He came, what kind of power? Well, there's a few little, little things. I, I want to show you a little clip uh, that one of the members of our church sent me this week uh, with a, a newer member of our church. So this is Scott, who's been coming here for a period of time. And we're going to watch this little clip of, of one of the ladies in our church who's new in our church. Her name's Yashi. And she's going to just show you what God did in her life this week. So let's roll that, guys. Oh, I had a very bad feeling in the morning when I came to office that? Scotty White, Jesus is real. I like that. The whole dance move, Sharon. You've got to love the dance moves as well. Uh, Yashi, I think she'll be in here in the second service. Jesus is real. This is what, this is the message of Christmas. Not that Jesus once was, but that He is. And He comes for you and I to, have, to, to demonstrate power. Power over sickness. Power over darkness. Power for you and I to, to release abundance. There is, and so when I when I think about the power of God, as opposed to the presence of God, the power of God, uh, and it's interesting because Jesus said, "I want you to wait." And this is in Luke twenty four verse forty nine. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, and I'll get you up, uh, Lisa. Now, thank you. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Clothed. There it is again. So we can be clothed with the presence of God and we can be clothed with the power of God. I like to think of the presence of God as my undergarments, my spiritual undergarments. And no visual pictures. Let's just keep moving through. But just the the priest would come before God with his linen Garments, his boxer shorts, his linen, linen uh, undergarments. And to me, that, that speaks of the presence of God. I want to carry that presence on me every day. But there's another dimension for you and I to live in. And that dimension is under the anointing of God. 
the power of God. That power isn't just for pastors or priests. It's for every person. It's for Scott and his workplace. It's for you and your workplace. It's for you and your home. It's for you and your family. It's for you, uh, for it's you and I for wherever we go that God's power would be upon us. It's the anointing of God. And the anointing comes upon us. There's, there's a great, the presence of God is quite easy for us to, to enter into. The access comes through Jesus. But the anointing has a price to it. The anointing takes some waiting on God. The anointing takes some, some fasting. The anointing takes some, some boldness. The anointing takes a person who got knocked down to go, well, I'm going to believe God again. Even though I believed and that didn't happen, I'm going to, it just needs, it takes some faith. It takes a person who goes, well, I know that I believed for this in 2020 and it didn't happen. And, and, and then this dark thoughts start coming to us and start to discourage us. But you push it aside and you go, no, I'm going to be a carrier of the power of God. I'm going to be someone who lives in the power of God. Power over sickness. Jesus was teaching, the Pharisees were listening had come from villages in Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. And the power of the Lord is still with you and I to heal the sick. He came to bring power over darkness. I would like to think, I would like to think that today, as we bring this service to a close in the next few minutes, for people who have been struggling with dark thoughts, people who have been struggling with, with physical conditions that are robbing you, that just in a few moments, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for you at home. I'm going to pray for everyone in this room. And I'm going to believe that not just the presence of God is going to be on you, but the power of God is going to shift some things off you. Thoughts that have been bombarding you and discouraging you and weighing down on you. Thoughts of hopelessness. Thoughts that things aren't going to change. Thoughts that are causing you just to settle down. God does not want you to settle. He wants you to keep believing and moving forward into your future. I'm believing that as we do, as we pray together, the power of God is going to come on us. So this is what I want us to do. I'll get the whole band. Thank you as they're coming. I want you to do this at home as well. I want you to do this in the room. If you're saying, I'm here today and I've just got some sickness that I would like the power of God to shift off my life, I want you just right now to stand wherever you are, a, a physical condition, a sickness that you would like Jesus' power to shift. Just stand up. Stand up at home. Stand up in your lounge room. Stand up. Well, if in your car, it's going to be hard. Just put your hand up. But let's, let, we're going to believe together. Also, I want you to stand if you're saying, I'm here today and I've been bombarded with, with just a darkness, a, a, a press, a, an oppression. Maybe it's a depressing things, uh, thoughts that have been on you. Maybe it's negative thoughts that have been bombarding you. But there's just a sense of darkness. For this reason was the Son of God manifest to destroy those thoughts of your life right now. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's wait on God. Father, at home, just reaching out to God. Wherever you're watching, reaching out to God. I thank you for the power of Jesus Christ, present to heal.
your pal present. Come, Holy Spirit. Move right now, Holy Spirit. Someone in your kidneys right now, the power of God is flowing through your kidneys in the name of Jesus. Someone in your right knee, the power of God is touching you and bringing healing now in the name of Jesus. Where there are autoimmune diseases, come in the name of Jesus against every assignment of the enemy, every affliction, say, go in Jesus' name. Loose people now, right now. Release your power, release your healing. Father, where there is a cloud of negativity and darkness around people's minds, discouragement, in the name of Jesus, I come against that discouragement, that heaviness, and I say, go in Jesus' name. Release the power of God. Let there be supernatural breakthrough right through this room now, right now. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Release your power, release your healing. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, amen. You can grab your seat right now. Come on, give the Lord some praise. Give Him some praise.